Welcome to the Pro-Life Team Podcast. I'm Lucy Smith, Director of Pro-Love Tucson and co-leader of Embrace Grace Tucson. And we have a dynamic conversation about sidewalk advocacy, uh, coming alongside those in an unplanned, unexpected pregnancy, using the grace-filled approach to speak life and hope into women and couples that are in those situations, um, as well as just speaking to those that uh, come across our path when we're outside of abortion facilities, at pregnancy help centers, or uh, walking alongside uh, single pregnant women. These podcasts are not scripted. The ideas presented may not be the official position of the speakers or sponsors. These podcasts are freeform dialogues that may include brainstorming and trying on ideas to see how they fit. Please walk with us as we share stories and ideas. Great. Well, thank you, Jacob, for welcoming me. I'm Lucy Smith. And I'm the director of Pro Love Tucson. We're a grassroots sidewalk advocacy ministry. And we just have recently uh, begun Embrace Grace groups here in Tucson. So I'm co-leading those Embrace Grace groups, support groups for single and pregnant women. Awesome. So how can you tell us the story of how you came you know, to where you are now, what, you know, working on the sidewalk with pro love, like what's the backstory for you, for you to, you know, how, how have you gotten to where you are now? All right. Um, well, I've always had a heart for women and children. We have one daughter, um, God called my husband, Dennis and I to the mission field 20 years ago. And he first called us to Mexico. Uh, we incorporated as a 501c3 as Manos de Dios, Hands of God, and um, ministered a lot to women and children there in the barrios of Mexico, as well as in the prison uh, in Mexico. A couple different prisons did women's ministry there. Saw a lot of darkness, but also saw God really work and do a lot of healing. Uh, then God called us back to the United States and took us to the reservation up in northern Arizona, always having a heart for kind of cross-cultural type of ministry. Uh, we were dorm parents for a Native American mission school, uh, dorm parents with 11 middle school Apache girls. <laughs> My husband says that's how he got all his gray hair. Um, and uh, we walked alongside them and learned a lot about Native Americans and the darkness there on the reservation, but also saw God again, uh, healing and working and worked not only with our girls, but also their moms on the White Mountain Apache Reservation. God called us back to Tucson. Uh, my dad needed some help. Uh, mo a lot of us are in that stage where our parents are needing help. And uh, when we came back, our girls uh, banged us to help them get off the reservation and go to high school in a different place. So we brought five girls with us. And uh, some of them lived with us, some of them lived with host families, uh, loved on them. We called them our foster daughters. We had guardianship of them. They attended a Christian school here in Tucson. They have now since graduated, um, continued to walk alongside a couple of them in an unexpected pregnancy. Uh, so used what we had learned uh, 
in the pro-life movement. And while we were there, uh, up there in the White Mountains, I actually volunteered, worked for Living Hope Centers, which uh, you know well from, uh, I know you just had Brandon on your podcast recently, his mom, Dinah, started that ministry. And I worked at the one crisis pregnancy center on a reservation in the United States, which is Living Hope Center in White River, Arizona and learn the pro-life ministry there from uh, the Native American director, Naomi, she and I are still very close, and from Dinah, uh, just learning uh, how to minister to especially women that have come from a shame background. And um, so brought that with me when we moved back to Tucson to care for my dad, bringing these girls with us and and said, okay, God, what next? And that's when God led us to the sidewalk. <laughs> there was already a uh, pro-love Tucson, uh, a young lady named Carrie had started that ministry and was outside of the one abortion facility in Tucson. I joined her and soon after she needed to leave the ministry and passed on the leadership to us. And we took it under our existing 501c3 ministry, which was great. We've got our board of directors. We've got our pastors that cover us spiritually and uh, continued to reach out to those uh, specifically in unexpected pregnancies and women and men uh, in difficult situations and encouraging them to choose life, uh, choose God's walk and path, his righteousness. So it's kind of the, the long story, but um, it's kind of a cool, cool way that God took us. So we just say, uh, God took us to Mexico, God took us to the reservation, and now he's taking us to the sidewalk. <laughs> wow. That is, what, what a story. Like that, you guys, there's so much richness in how you came to where you are and just so many just amazing stories that we could dive into any one of those probably for a long period. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you, how do the, you know, in what ways or how do the pastors cover the sidewalk work spiritually? In what ways are you experiencing that coverage? Or have you seen, like, how are pastors, you know, how are pastors uh, helping you be covered spiritually? Great. Um, we do have some churches that support us financially and pray for us. Uh, and then a couple of the pastors are actually um, not a board, but advisors. Um, so they are covering us spiritually and are under the covering of those churches because they support us financially and prayerfully. And then um, we have asked pastors to speak out from the pulpit about this issue of life and uh, abortion in our country and some of those pastors have been willing to do that we've spoken there at their churches we've uh, set up a table inviting uh, people from their church to come alongside us either volunteering on the sidewalk or now with embrace grace starting an embrace grace group there uh, we do have one pastor that's willing to come to the sidewalk regularly we've had others come and visit and uh, that's always an open invitation for us is for a pastor to come and shadow us on the sidewalk. And most pastors, when I meet them, uh, I ask, have you ever been outside of an abortion facility? And most of them say no. And I said, you need to come. It's the one place in our town that you know that innocent lives are gonna be taken that day. Um, and just come and watch and observe and see, see people going in, people coming out, um, feel uh, the spiritual battle there. 
And uh, Pastor Scott from the Oasis Church does come and volunteer. He's part of our team. He's been trained up with us. And he has an amazing uh, testimony story. Actually, it's running on our YouTube page right now of a young man named Danny who he met there on the sidewalk. And uh, his uh, girlfriend was inside considering an abortion. And Danny uh, came out and Pastor Scott engaged with him as, as we men can, uh, just like we've invited you, Jacob, to come with us to the sidewalk. Men can relate to men in a different way than women relating to men. And I love that. You know, he's just kind of like, hey, what's going on, you know? And, uh, and then he just told him, you know what you need to do. And uh, he did. Danny knew what to do. And he texted his girlfriend. She, she said later that she was just waiting for Danny to say, get out of there. And, and she did. She ran out. And um, Pastor Scott walked them over to the pregnancy help center that's right around the corner, uh, Hands of Hope, and got a free ultrasound. And they chose life. And now Danny is speaking up especially to dads, to men, to speak to speak up to their girlfriends and say, I'm going to be there for you. I'm going to be dad. I'm going to walk alongside you in this pregnancy. Uh, we tell them, you don't have to promise to marry him, but that would be great. <laughs> uh, but just that you're going to be there and uh, support them and be there throughout the pregnancy and uh, for this child. And that's what Danny did, and he's speaking up about that and how important it is. So it's Danny's story story on our Pro Love Tucson YouTube channel, and uh, it's getting lots and lots of hits, and we're excited because it's a testimony, a testimony of speaking up for life. Great. Ow. So um, well, I've, I've been on the sidewalk several times, but I've only shadowed your group once, and I got to say, it was phenomenal. Like... I think you, I think you actually connected with 15, 15 out of 16 cars and that might've been a high number, but that's what I remember seeing. I think there's only one car and it was very intentional about speeding right past the people walking up. But I, I, I observed, um, your group using strategic ideas to essentially, um, stand near every entrance to the Planned Parenthood. Um, using body language and a uh, a gesture with a gift bag in hand okay. and, and walking boldly. And then the cars would slow down and roll down their window and let you have a conversation. Um, and, and so what are your, like, what are you, what are your thoughts on how all this works? Cause I mean, I felt like when I was observing it, you were very, um, you know, orchestrated or very organized and, and, and the results seem to reflect that you had the opportunity to share, uh, information materials. What are your thoughts on sidewalk counseling when it comes to this pro love approach? Yes. Thank you, Jacob. Um, that was a nice compliment and, um, it's not always that way, of course, but yes. Yeah, so we are trained sidewalk advocates and, I think you see two different kinds of people, maybe three uh, around an abortion facility. Some come simply to pray, have it been through training on how to engage with the clients that are humming. Um, maybe they're holding signs, um, praying the rosary, uh, praying, and sometimes reaching out. But And then there's the trained sidewalk advocates as Pro-Love Tucson and other nationwide organizations uh, put uh, people through training to help them have the language to speak out to those specifically that are facing an unexpected pregnancy. They're struggling with fear and 
uh, maybe some shame and the unknown on how best to reach out to them. And um, we, we are very strategic and there's two abortion facilities currently in Tucson. Um, and we feel very strongly that if we can keep the client from actually even going into the parking lot, we have more success with getting them to consider going elsewhere or not even going in at all, uh, going to one of the pregnancy help uh, centers that's close by, getting resources into their hands. Um, yes, we do use a bright colored gift bag right now. We've got Christmas gift bags. Uh, we have the notorious, hey, can I talk to you for just a minute? You know, um, and as you said, walking up to the car and assuming that they're going to stop, you know. Uh, so our sidewalk advocates have gone through our training. They shadow for a while until they feel comfortable. We uh, ride on a wave of prayer. Uh, we have a, a huge prayer list. It's almost 300 people that receive our prayer email every single week that has a recap of the clients that we've dialogued with the week before, just using first initials and asking for prayer for them, especially those that are making that pregnancy decision right this week. Um, and then asking them to pray, telling them when we're going to be there in the next week. And then our team that's going to be there shares a prayer text and um, we pray before, we pray during, we pray after. <laughs> We're there on the sidewalk. We pray for every client um, that's going in, asking God for favor, asking for open eyes um, to see the truth of their preciousness of their life, as well as any preborn baby's life. So it's a combination, you know, really Holy Spirit led, God's favor preparation, um, resources at our fingertips. We have a great a team of a couple of women that put together our gift bags. They pray over every gift bag. We have the one that we just kind of get in the window if we can possibly stop them in the driveway, not really knowing maybe what they're there for, but just some resources and some gifts. And then we have some gift bags that are appropriate for different clients. Uh, I plan parenthood, of course. Clients might be coming for pregnancy services, but also birth control, STI testing, transgender services. We have a wonderful pastor that's willing to counsel those, and that's our resource for those type of clients. Well woman shack up, occasionally some cancer-related type of things, but we have referrals for every Thing that they would be coming there for. And then Choices is the other abortion facility and they simply do the abortion pill. So uh, we're hitting hard on uh, getting a free ultrasound next door, but also the abortion pill reversal. So if they take that first pill, it's not too late. And we have testimonies of women right here in Tucson that have taken the first the abortion pills there at Choices Women's Center, had a change of heart, their baby's safe and healthy and they're fine. And then of course, our heartbeats, 4,000 uh, mamas that took the first of the abortion pills, didn't take the second one, got the high dose of progesterone, and their babies are safe and healthy. So uh, handing out that abortion pill reversal hotline card, telling everybody about that so that they would have that knowledge in case they do follow through and take that first pill. Wow. So, yeah. So instead of having just like one gift bag, it's, you, you have like one per scenario and you're somehow you're trying to <laughs> decipher very quickly as to the intent that someone has so that you can provide them with something that's even more relevant than just like a general, oh, you know, one size fits all gift bag. <laughs> right. You're trying to use one for, you know, this scenario versus that scenario and trying to pick well, up on set, subtle 
hints as to you know where someone's coming from and why they're you know where they're going um which makes yeah like that's that's just really smart to trying to figure out figure out those hints and those um those signs for what you know for why they might be coming in today um yes so i'll just um identify the different gap bags because i didn't get to do that jacob sure. so besides the pregnancy type of gift bag we call it for undecided so it's for a female client that's making a pregnancy decision but then we have one for the father of the baby so any man that's there with her might be the boyfriend but it might be her dad his dad grandpa uh friend we hear a lot of friends that are bringing friends to the abortion facility um i'm just a friend you know but it's that gift bag that encourages again him to step up and be a support and uh, a dad or a, a male figure that'll walk alongside her. Um, then we have a birth control gift bag. Um, it does give a referral to another place if the, the young lady wants the hormonal birth control, but it does have referrals for NAPRO, natural family planning, and uh, maybe even get a dialogue going with her about that and how that works best in a committed relationship. Um, and then maybe even going the sexual integrity dialogue, if we could possibly even do that, because some young ladies haven't heard that and, and know that, you know, it's best to wait until you're married in a committed relationship and really see if he loves you <laughs> enough to continue a relationship without the sex part. And so we have a flyer in there that talks about sexual integrity as well. Um, and all of our give banks do have referrals to the pregnancy help center and uh, the abortion pill reversal hotline card, because we know a lot of people don't tell us the truth uh, there at the sidewalk. And then we have uh, two other gift bags. One is abortion recovery. So that's specifically for someone that we see coming out the back door after a surgical abortion, we know they've had an abortion that day. Uh, someone's picking them up. Uh, we try and give that to them at the back driveway with a teddy bear. We tell them we we love them. Jesus still loves them. We're here for them. Offer to pray with them. And we have had people take us up on that. Uh, oftentimes she's throwing up or just slumped down in the sea, crying, um, just continuing to love on them no matter what and offering them the recovery services that are here available in Tucson, whether it's the retreat or the counseling um, and then we have a clinic worker gift bag. Uh, we don't give those out very often because I'm sure the clinic workers, as we've been told by Myra Rodriguez and Abby Johnson, they're told not to talk with us, but we've got one and it has referrals to, and then there were none, Abby Johnson's ministry. Uh, we call out abortionorder.com. We call out that we're here for them too, that we're praying that God would bless their day. We're careful not to just say we're praying for them because we know sometimes they think, you know, we're praying for them to go to hell or something. <laughs> you know, trying to be specific with our prayers. As we call out to them, we wave, we smile. Uh, we try and get to know them a little bit. We know all their vehicles. Um, some will respond with a nod or a wave, but um, very rarely will they come over most of the time we're able to give a clinic worker back to an intern. So they're new, they're, they're not, they don't know they're not supposed to talk to us or someone that's dropping off a worker. Um, maybe they'll take the, the gift bag and we give them the unplanned movie DVD to watch. Also, hey, here's a movie about a Planned Parenthood worker. Take this and pop it in. We also hand that out to clients that are considering an abortion, specifically abortion pill. Uh, we really want you to watch this first before you make that decision. Uh, because there is a segment in that movie that shows the aftermath of taking that second abortion pill. 
and we want you to know what's going to happen to you. We care about you as the woman, what's going to happen to you. And um, so you go in with your eyes wide open. And so we hand the unplanned DVD movies out at the sidewalk, either a clinic worker or someone that might be considering an abortion. So those are our gift bags. Hey, can you tell me more about the prayer over each bag? Like, is it an individual <laughs> prayer or do you pray over like, you know, a box of bags? What, what does that look like to pray over the bags? Um, so our two women volunteers, part of our team, they don't come to the sidewalk. They are gift bag team. They pray as they're putting the items in the gift bag. So um, Elaine has an assembly line when she's putting together the undecided bags for pregnant clients. And as she's putting those items in there and then sealing it and putting our pro love sticker on it, praying over the client that will receive that bag. Yeah, then... So what are your thoughts on signage? versus, you know, having the message in the gift bag? Like, how, how would you correlate okay. your thoughts on signage what? and then maybe having less signage in order to, you know, give someone more content in a bag? What are your thoughts mm -hmm. on that? You know, we've gone around the circle on that. Carrie started and had signs uh, when she first started. Then we stopped using signs altogether for quite a while. Um, so often, uh, people that are on the sidewalk are accused of being protesters, right? And so we want to not be fulfilling that accusation of being a protester, and often protesters have signs. So for a long time, we didn't have any signs. Um, we had clients actually tell us, if you had a sign, I wouldn't have talked to you. Um, so, and there are so many kind signs. We love the 40 Days for Life signs that a lot of people use in those two prayer vigil seasons, um, a lot of clients will, or excuse me, um, uh, prayer warriors will stand across the street and sit with their signs, their uh, kind signs. Of course, we never would want to have anything that would show graphic images or be shaming of the woman. Um, if someone does come with that, we definitely separate ourselves from those. Uh, we know that clients that are in a difficult situation are not going to respond positively to that. And our goal is to engage with them and show them the love of Jesus, uh, give them referrals, find out what they need and meet those needs. And we're not going to do that if we're shaming them or scaring them or whatever. Um, so our commitment as pro-love is we don't ever hold signs. So again, try not to be a protester. Holding a sign, we hold a gift bag and we have a smile. Um, we do, uh, we have started to put a couple signs out a little bit away, but on the sidewalk, just to let people know we are offering referral for free ultrasound. That's very attractive to clients that are coming for pregnancy services and one about asking about the abortion pill reversal, because we know the abortion pill method of abortion has just skyrocketed. And I think the statistic now, and, and you probably know it better than I do, Jacob, about 70% of abortions now are the chemical abortion, the abortion causing drugs. And so just educating people as they're driving by or driving in or somehow, oh, what? There's a, there's a reversal for an abortion? You know, what is that? Um, so we do have those signs. Occasionally we'll have a sign on our table. If we put a display table out and we will help you. You know, that kind sign. Um, 
So we, we've experimented with that. Uh, Choices Women's Center now has both on their website and their voicemail message, do not stop for the protesters, uh, warning people not to do that. So we are not in your signs there at all. We just are standing at the driveway with a gift bag because um, we want them to have every chance to see that we are someone friendly, kind, our approach is grace-filled, um, and not see us as being accused of being a protester. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think the signs are usually, yeah, definitely marked as, you know, majority of the signs, not all of them, are majority of them are, are tied to protesting or meant for people that are driving by. And then I think the gift bags communicate so much better to someone who's looking to park because then you're giving them something to look at with a much higher sure. word count and it's more targeted to their situation. And it's something that they could bring with them if they do continue, which very often they have, if they continue into the Planned Parenthood waiting room, then they're able to open up that gift bag and go through it um, while they're waiting. And so that, that message gets to continue uh, even, yeah, past that, past the door, door, door frame. Um, where do you think graphic signs might be okay to use? Like, for example, would you think that that might be okay on a college campus where with a warning sign coming first? What's and then wrong? because the idea that we're trying to, you know, and like an educational Repent. kind of, uh, let's say like on the mall of a, of a university, very often What's there's wrong? educational events and having like an open dialogue about the horrors slash truth of abortion. Um, I think that's very different and maybe more appropriate than right yeah. there when someone is when a, when a woman's looking to get an abortion, her logical state might be uh, well limited because she's very emotional. Yeah. She's got a lot of stress, anxiety, um, and she may not. And essentially, those those very graphic images might mark the people on the sidewalk as the opposition, the enemy, right. more so than being marked as like a friend. Uh, yes. And so I think that I think that's something to consider when it comes to picking out cool. imagery and sign is Great that we story. want to be looked at as friendly and inviting more so than yeah. being marked as hateful and uh, unreachable or, you know, or um, <laughs> distanced or something. I agree totally, Jacob. And um, I do see that they do have. Um, value in an educational setting. Uh, we've even dialogued uh, with the Students for Life group here at the U of A. I've gone and spoken with them and always um, remind them that there's a difference between someone that is in an unexpected pregnancy and how you approach them and others that are not in that situation right now, but to be very sensitive to that. Um, so yes, in an educational setting, we do. We want to educate people about the awfulness of abortion and what's happening not only to the woman but also to the baby um, but with those warnings and so with us pro-love we're always outside in the abortion facilities that's our home and so that's would be our target would always be someone that either is experiencing an unexpected pregnancy or has in the past you know the passer buyers um, that have had uh, abortions in the past uh, will stop um, and even you know, sometimes they're angry or sometimes they're just grateful that we're there for the women now that are going through that. We do have um, some on our team that have had an abortion in their past and they're able to share that and testify about 
uh, what harm it has caused them throughout their life for 40 years or, or whatever, uh, and that they're still struggling with it. Um, so we, uh, as a, a ministry, are just very sensitive to those that are either in that unexpected pregnancy situation or have been in the past and and want to target them with our grace-filled approach. But of course, other places and educational settings um, have other needs. So with with uh, with some states allowing abortion and some states not allowing abortion yeah, in our current world, um, what what does what does sidewalk counseling look like if if abortion is not allowed in that state? And maybe mm-hmm. maybe it looks like you know there still might be a Planned Parenthood, there might be a place doing referrals. Right. Um, have you ever thought about like what's what's that look like for people that are in let's say Texas where there where abortion not- is not allowed uh, because of the six week rule, or okay. or maybe in other states where there most abortion clinics aren't there but they're in the neighboring areas and there's okay. still women that are driving. What do you think it might look like for someone to try and engage with women when they're made when they may have to travel a long ways to go to the nearest abortion clinic? And maybe that just means right. the sidewalk counseling takes place at the nearest clinic, abortion clinic You're that right. is focusing on delivering those abortion type of services, perhaps. Right. And Arizona, we did have that for just a little while after Roe was ever returned. So um, Arizona has been like this with the law and the judges. Yep. And so we did have that for just a couple of weeks. And um, so we were engaging with uh, women that were saying, oh, man, I'm going to have to travel out of state for this. It's so expensive. And so we would talk with them about the danger of traveling uh, after a surgical abortion or even after a chemical abortion. Um, and continue to just talk about the dangers, the risks of abortion for women. And we have a special handout about that. And again, the abortion pill reversal, uh, the hotline that you can contact no matter what state you're in. If you do, go ahead and travel and take that uh, abortion-causing pill. Uh, So we're doing a lot of educating. A lot of women uh, choose abortion because of finances. We continue to refer to help for that, let them live. A great nationwide organization that will come alongside a woman that's making an abortion decision based on finances. And then we're talking about this Embrace Grace group that we have now. We'll walk alongside you as a single pregnant woman. Uh, You can fellowship with other single pregnant young ladies. Uh, We'll... um, bring you in and meet for 12 weeks and we'll throw you a baby shower at the end or a celebration of life if you make a plan for adoption. Um, so we were just trying to just be so encouraging. And we did have women say both on the sidewalk and at the pregnancy help centers, well, I guess I can't travel out of state, so I'm going to have this baby, you know? And uh, so we were seeing that um, and we know that they were referring, our Planned Parenthood is referring to El Centro or Las Cruces, New Mexico, the closest abortion facilities across state lines. Um, so we were just continuing to give out you know, resources that would be applicable no matter what state they're in. So hotline numbers and then the education about the risks of abortion um, and emphasizing it's, it's dangerous to travel after having an abortion or after you've taken that first pill and there you are on the road or whatever. So, um, yeah, it is different. Um, 
And as you well know, Jacob, uh, even in states like Arizona, where uh, we do have the pro-life law that you're not allowed to mail in the abortion pill to an Arizona address, we know that people are still doing that, uh, especially from con countries, other countries that are not going to obey our Arizona law, um, that women might be able to contact that via telehealth. And oh, how dangerous, huh, that women are taking those abortion pills without actually knowing maybe how far along they are, whether they have an eptopic pregnancy, whether they're already anemic, um, you know, they're, it's asking for abuse to happen from those that can force a woman to take those abortion-causing drugs. Um, but we do know that um, there is availability of that to even to be mailed into Arizona. So education, right, is just key that everybody would know the risks of abortion and then the possibility of that abortion pill reversal. Um, it's, our, it's our mantra, uh, abortion hurts women. You know, we care so much about women. Yes, we care about babies, but our theme is that if someone thrives during and after an unexpected pregnancy, their baby's gonna thrive. So uh, we're reaching out to that woman with love and grace and help, resources, tangible help. And then we're, we're talking to those that uh, have more of the pro-choice opinion, you know, well, it's a woman's choice. And we know that oftentimes they're coming from that viewpoint of they care about women too. That's why they're saying, well, if it's a really difficult situation, she's in poverty or the guy left or she was raped or whatever, um, let's give her that opportunity to abort her baby. We say, you know what? We care about women too. And abortion hurts women. So let's partner together and help her not choose that what is going to hurt her physically right now, maybe physically down the road with the chance of infertility, um, all those risk factors of abortion psychologically, emotionally uh, down the road. So let's partner together because abortion does hurt women and let's help women. Dang. So when it comes to being on the sidewalk and what, what's been your experience with people who have um who have been like a counter effort like you know people who are there that are pro-choice and they might show up or or also i guess you, you did mention that some people will come by either upset or or thankful for what you're doing but you know, what's how do you normally respond when someone engages on the sidewalk and they're looking to disrupt the, the efforts of helping the women who are coming in for this terrible decision then how yeah, that's part of our training is that we are there for the clients first. And oftentimes people will either purposefully or not purposefully try and um, steer our attention away from the clients. But we are trained to focus on the clients, even if it's a friendly person, you know, pulling up to the sidewalk uh, outside curb and saying, thanks for being here or whatever. Our focus is still on the clients and the driveway and the parking lot. And, um, we also are trained in, and have in our agreement that we will not get angry, <laughs> no matter how hateful someone is. And we've had hateful. Uh, how many gestures, how many foul words, how many uh, cameras in your face, you will not get angry. And um, that may mean you may have to leave and go sit in your car. Um, but we will not, as Pro Love Tucson, ever get angry 
um, because that that kind of ruins our testimony, right? And our name is pro-love. So we're going to love even when someone is really our enemy, um, but we're going to stay calm. We're going to ignore. We're going to ask for help if we need help. If there's a gentleman on the sidewalk with us or even across the street praying, I'll invite him over to help us as women, sidewalk advocates, because sometimes men um, are really aggressive toward women and think that they can bully us. And so I'll ask the praying pastor that is there to come and get between me and this angry person. Wow. Um, uh, we have had to do that. I've called the police um, numerous times. Sometimes they come right away. Sometimes they come later. But we filed reports um, on people that have been uh, noticeably hateful and angry. Uh, we had one woman which we did call the police, but uh, another client actually received a gift bag at the driveway and was very appreciative. She pulled in and then she heard this woman being very angry and hateful and foul mouth to us. And she engaged with that woman and said, hey, leave them alone. They are here to help. Yes. <laughs> and then they engaged, you know, and, and Planned Parenthood actually uh, was in agreement that we call the police and have that woman leave because it wasn't good for their reputation either to have this foul mouthed woman uh, slamming other clients as well as the friendly people on the sidewalk. So, um, yeah, we have determined to just continue to focus on the clients. And, you know, if it's not busy and someone's there and wants to, you know, share their story, that's great. Or if not, hey, go to our website and share your story, uh, one of our social media pages. Um, but we're here uh, for the clients and we're going to focus on them. And, and even just keep praying for them while they're inside. You know, there's a battle going on in there, and we want to continue to be those watchmen on the wall, praying, interceding on behalf of those women. Um, no one else is allowed to go in with the woman uh, ever since COVID. <laughs> so that was one good thing about COVID. Um, so only the client is allowed inside, at least at Planned Parenthood. And so Everyone that's waiting for them is waiting in their car in the parking lot, which gives us more opportunity to talk with people. But she's inside by herself, seeing the image of the ultrasound, maybe not hearing the heartbeat or not uh, getting the information, uh, making that decision on her own, maybe being pressured. We don't know what their tactics are uh, for sure inside our Southern Arizona Planned Parenthood. But um, she's inside by herself. And um, that's definitely a strategy of theirs. And and that's another thing we say is come on out and, and, you know, your boyfriend, he can go with you inside the pregnancy help center. See the image of your baby. Hear the heartbeat. You guys can make this decision by yourself. I mean, together instead of by yourself. You can take your mom with you. You can take your Tia with you. You know, someone can go with you uh, to this pregnancy center. You can take your kids in there. So many times women will come with their children to planned parenthood and turn right around and come out and say they won't let my children in there yeah no they don't want any cute kids in there <laughs> wow so what i'm hearing is that it sounds like you are very flexible using intelligence and wisdom to essentially you know essentially based on like these values or principles to essentially be able to navigate anything that's thrown at your group by essentially being prepared based on like a foundation because you can't really predict all these situations beforehand, but you can at least have like a solid foundation and have several situations pre-prepared. But yeah, okay. but it sounds like mostly, you know, sort of navigating based on, based on a solid foundation. Um, when, when it comes to, 
uh, scripture? Like what Bible <laughs> scripture seems to really help you understand how to love the opposition or love someone who's angry or loving your enemy? Which, which scripture seems to help sort of um, helps you navigate that, you know, very well, n difficult um, uh, way of loving? I think probably um, our Galatians 5 versus uh, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, we just invite Holy Spirit to have his way in us and then ask that that fruit come out, you know, the love, the peace, the patience, the kindness, all of that um, to come out of us, even in a difficult situation. And we do pray for people that are hateful, you know, may God bless your day. <laughs> They're flipping you off, you know, and you know, we try not to engage too much because we know that makes them more angry oftentimes. But um, I would say Holy Spirit, fruit of the Spirit, um, asking for that fresh anointing every day, filling us. And of course, we always put on the armor of God uh, uh, coming to the sidewalk. It's so important. And I love that um, passage um, that's in the Passion Translation is oftentimes what I use because it talks about your wraparound shield of faith. And so I think about that shield going all the way around me while I'm on the sidewalk because the fiery darts are going to come from all different directions, uh, whether it's a passerby or a client or a client's boyfriend or simply the enemy, right? Um, that have that wraparound shield around me and that I don't need to fear. And um, greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. And um, that we are there because God's called us there. Again, we're in the place where innocent lives are being taken. And we're there to stand in the gap for especially the voiceless, the unborn, the preborn babies, but also for their parents. And uh, so those would be some of the passages that, you know, just swirl around in my head when we're having our, our God time in the mornings before we come to the sidewalk and then we share the uh, a scripture. Uh, there's always a lead uh, for the team that day and she'll share a scripture and a prayer and we go back and forth via text before we even come out to the sidewalk. Mm, that's really good. I, I also really like the, yeah, the shield. Uh, often my experience with the shield is that when someone puts up the shield of Jesus's faith, it, it will overlap, you know, the one person who is wearing that piece of armor and it covers the people yeah. next to them. Like, Walks I feel like them. there's, okay. yeah, like it, mm -hmm. it, it's, a, it's, a, it's big enough. And, and I like the wraparound idea for covering all the darts, but I think, I think it's got, it has like coverage for people next to you because that's been, so when you have several people with their shields up, it provides okay. coverage to those who are next to them, I think, as well. Because I guess that's been how I have experienced the shield of faith is that oh it has God. more coverage in the one person um, okay. behind the shield. Yeah. I like that a lot. And um, so we are unified as a team. We do make an effort not to gang up on clients. So we usually don't stand close to each other. As you mentioned, we're at driveways, but a lot of times someone will come in the driveway without talking to us. So one of us will walk over and approach 
um, being close to the car and greet them. And then the other sidewalk advocates will stand away or someone that's shadowing that day will stand away and be praying. But um, we know people are talking about sensitive issues, you know, and they don't want a gang of people listening in. Uh, you know, you're talking about pregnancy, you're talking about STIs, you're talking about sex, you know, health. Uh, they're coming for all sorts of things. And um, so we're, uh, very con conscious of giving them their privacy and not invading that and then engaging with them and then try and maybe engage with them on the way out the same person if they're available engage again because we've already built a little bit of a rapport hey just want to make sure you got all the resources you need today would such and such and such and such and such and stuff be of help to you which would be most helpful to you try and use open-ended questions um, to get them to engage even on their way out if they have gone ahead and gone in. Uh, we're seeing um, Planned Parenthood not seeing as many clients, praise God, right now. I think it's partly because there's less surgical abortions. Um, it might be that they're scheduling on other days and pro-love's not there. Um, we've talked a little bit about the other side, and escorts are part of the other side in that they're the volunteers from Planned Parenthood that stand in the parking lot blocking the clients from hearing the sidewalk advocates and their offers of help and hope. Um, and they're there on a couple of other mornings. And so they may be scheduling more abortion-minded clients than I don't know. Planned Parenthood is always changing their schedule. Choices is changing their schedule. We're trying to be flexible and yet consistent with always being there to offer hope and help. Uh, we're there every week of the year. Yeah. So, um, when it comes to different pricey clinics in, well, in our, in, in Tucson, in our situation, I think there's about three or four pregnancy clinics in, uh, in Tucson. And, mm -hmm. and, um, do, do you have, do you usually just refer them to the closest one? Or I'm wondering if you knew which side of town they lived on, you might give mm -hmm. them a referral based on which mm -hmm. one might be closer to where they yeah. they live or where they're going. Sure. Um, in Tucson, praise God, there is a pregnancy help center close enough to walk to from both the abortion facilities. That's definitely God. So um, immediately we try and get them to go there because they're already right here. We can walk yeah. them 200 steps. To hands of hope or hands of hope is in the same complex as choices so we're pointing right here um so we do refer there most often because of them being close and if we can redirect them right away great or they get over there and at least make an appointment for an ultrasound another day that might be a little bit further along in their pregnancy or more appropriate um but we do have a sexual health resource list that has the four pregnancy centers in Tucson listed on it, all their hours, their locations, their website, their QR code. Um, and oftentimes we will find out, you know, maybe they're closer to one of those other ones. We can call them for them and say, hey, I'm sending this client over, you know, maybe something about them. They're carry, they're uh, abortion-minded, they're abortion intent, uh, their daddy uh, is coming with them. Uh, they're Spanish speakers, whatever we can tell the receptionist and, and send them over. Um, and then they can look on that handout and see where the other locations are. Uh, Answers for Life has now a South Side clinic and a North clinic that's open at least one day a week. So if someone's a little further away, they can go there. 
Um, so yeah, we're referring to any of the pregnancy help centers, but the one that's close by, it makes the logical sense. Um, and we, we really yeah. share uh, the same grace-filled approach. Yeah. So uh, in the back of my mind, I'm trying to imagine, let's say someone's, um, there's someone traveling from the heart of Texas to, <laughs> let's say, New Mexico, because that's maybe that's the nearest abortion clinic to where they happen right. to be. And mm -hmm. let's imagine, mean, I'm also imagining, so let's, you know, there's a sidewalk group, let's say at the Planned Parenthood there in New Mexico. And, and then they might drive traffic to the local New Mexico pricey clinic, but it would make yeah. a lot of sense for the people in the heart of Texas, that pricey clinic in Texas, to be connected with the pricey in clinic in New Mexico in order to, you know, to have a, a baton handoff. Yes. Because when that client goes back to the city in the middle of mm -hmm. Texas, they're, yeah. they're going to be closer to mm -hmm. additional care and counseling okay. and support services. Okay. Um, and so I feel like for, for groups who are in these um, states where abortion is not allowed and people are traveling out of state to the nearest state where abortion is allowed, yeah. it'd be really important for them to connect with the yeah. pricey yeah. clinic probably closest to the, the, you know, essentially getting referrals from the sidewalk advocates in order yes. to be able to hand off, have that client referral um, baton experience, being able to provide services. Um, because that New Mexico clinic's going to get, well, busy and it doesn't really have the bandwidth to build a service someone who lives six yeah. hours away the same way that a clinic, yeah, could service that person okay. be 35, 40 minutes away. Exactly. Really optimal, you know, and even having option line or, you know, one of those uh, resources that as nationwide hotline that can yeah. put them in touch with their zip code and which one's pregnancy center is going to be the closest to them. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, so thank you so much for being on this podcast and just for sharing your, this wealth of information and, uh, and well, actually, before we, um, how many, do you know how many pro-love groups exist or roughly, you know, how long pro-love has been around or what's the history from what you understand of pro-love? We are our own uh, grassroots ministry. So we started here in Tucson. We are the only oh. pro-love uh, Tucson. Abby Johnson's ministry is pro-love by itself, just pro-love. We're pro-love Tucson. But okay. um, we started here in Tucson uh, almost six years ago. And um, Carrie, who started it, does have ProLoveNation.com uh, and that she would be willing to help groups uh, with the gift bag ideas, maybe a T-shirt, uh, some of our grace-filled approach strategies. Um, but we are just a, simply a Tucson ministry, uh, ProLove Tucson. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I was I was under the impression that you were tied to the, the Abby Johnson pro love yeah. group. It sounds like you're more like a yeah a separate okay a separate effort. And so yeah. if someone did want to start a pro love in their city, that mm -hmm. it sounds like you're interested and willing to help 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 them. Yeah, create the, you know, cr yeah essentially following the footsteps and sharing all of your wisdom that you've collected through all of this experience. Um, yeah, so Carrie, Carrie, who started that, she is a young mom, so um, she she does have ProLoveNation.com, and she would be willing to help people get started, have know how to get the resources, do some advising, um, 
So she would be the one to contact. Of course, we're busy just doing this here in Tucson. And then we've added Embrace Grace, um, trying to encourage churches to start Embrace Grace groups. And Roberta and I are offering to help co-lead those groups since we've gone through one uh, Embrace Grace session so far um, at our partner church, Calvary Tucson, and walked alongside four women who had all been abortion-minded but chose life. One of them we met outside of Planned Parenthood. She was one of those moms that's carrying her baby on her hip and goes in to schedule an abortion, and they say, you can't stay here with your baby, and she got mad. <laughs> and you're like, you're in this Planned Parenthood, and you won't even let me have my baby in here. And she came out, and we talked to her, and she chose life, and, and we gave her a love box, uh, like the box that I showed behind me, and... Uh, she's in our Embrace Grace group and blessed her with a, a baby shower just a couple weeks ago. So we walked along four mamas to have had their babies, um, two are still expecting, and then we're helping other churches. Uh, we're hoping to get some around different sides of town, so it'll be closer for girls that um, are choosing life. More girls are choosing life. You know, the law is confusing. Roe versus Wade was overturned. They think, well, maybe it's not the greatest thing, you know, um, and they're, they're seeing the encouragement that's available for them. And social media is encouraging live action does amazing things. Um, we have our social media gal that does posts a lot of encouraging, uh, posts. And uh, we have, uh, testimonies like Danny's testimony, Danny's story, that's encouraging more and more people to go ahead and continue their pregnancy and know that they have support. Awesome. Would you would you close our podcast in a prayer and with the expectation that those who are listening could join you in praying for this this ministry and this work? Um, and yeah, just yeah. However, you might you invite those who are listening to pray along with you. Would you go ahead and yeah wrap this up in a prayer, please? Sure. Thanks, Jacob. So, Daddy God, we thank you and praise you for who you are and especially that you are our father and you are the one that have put us into families. It's your plan. It's your idea to have fathers and mothers and children. And even right now in this season, we're constantly referring to you, Lord Jesus, coming uh, as a preborn baby, uh, our savior from the moment of conception and uh, talking with uh, young ladies that are in that pregnancy situation about how Jesus came as a preborn baby, innocent and uh, helpless and needing the protection of his mom, uh, Lord. So help us to continue to do that. And then speak to dads to be more like Joseph, that he uh, protected Mary and you, Lord Jesus. Uh, just step up and even in an unexpected, difficult situation, uh, he was willing yeah. to be the, the protector. Uh, God, as you have made men to be, I uh, thank you and praise you that you are working uh, in the hearts and minds of those that are finding themselves in this unexpected, unplanned pregnancy situation. God, I pray you would open their eyes to the preciousness of their life and the gift of life, as well as the preciousness of every human life from that moment of conception 
Lord, open their eyes to the truth. God, remove the blinders, expose the lies of the enemy. We ask in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. Lord, I ask for more uh, workers to be sent into this harvest. You are the Lord of the harvest. I know we here at Tucson need more people that are willing to stand in the gap uh, for those that are in this crisis pregnancy situation, God, that uh, have the boldness and uh, Holy Spirit leading and the physical wherewithal to be able to stand on a concrete sidewalk in all sorts of weather uh, talking with strangers about uh, your love, your grace, your hope, your provision, uh, Lord. So we ask that you would send more workers to our field as well as those other uh, abortion facilities throughout our country, throughout the world. God, that more people would be willing to stand in the gap, Lord, and offer the hope help that you have uh, for those, no matter what the circumstances of conception, even in those rare cases of rape or incest, we know that abortion hurts women. And we know from personal experiences, both from our team and from clients that uh, choosing life, even in that difficult situation, is so much a better path, a healthy path, uh, a a joyful path uh, than choosing another trauma. God, so help us to have those um, people that would be willing to come alongside, whether it's actually getting uh, trained as a sidewalk advocate, being the prayer support there across the street, uh, being a prayer partner, being a financial supporter of all these ministries that all of us need the finances to continue to provide the gift bags, the fetal model babies, um, uh, the the signs, just uh, the training, the website to be able to communicate um, these pro-life, pro-grace messages, God. So we pray you would bring more workers, more support, Lord, because you are the God of the harvest. You do own the cattle on a thousand hills. Uh, you are our provider. Uh, we come to you humbly and ask that you would continue to guide and direct these pro-life ministries, in, including this podcast that um, Jacob has invited us to. Lord, you con- Continue to provide for you. Continue to uh, just get the word out uh, to those that may uh, think that they're pro-choice, but that they actually recognize that, no, I'm for women. I'm for babies. I'm for life. And uh, be willing to then stand up for life. God, so I thank you. I pray you would bless Jacob, that you would bless um, these ministries that are even are listening today, God, their pregnancy health centers, uh, we are so grateful for them here in Tucson, the, the way that they serve men and women faithfully day in and day out without any charge, any expense, the mobile medical units, the travel around town to make it uh, accessible for ultrasound so that more and more women will actually see the image of their baby, hear the heartbeat, know the humanness of their pre-born baby. Daddies will be able to to visualize and see that baby and say, I'm going to be there for you. We're going to walk this walk together. God, just draw more and more people to life, Lord, and tell abortion is actually unthinkable in our state, in our country, in our world. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you, Lord Jesus, are the one that came uh, fully human, yet fully God, 
um, to, to show us the way and that you love us because we are made in your image uh, and that you promise to be inside us by the power of your Holy Spirit. And we pray for that guidance, that wisdom, that discernment, that boldness, uh, that love, that fruit of the Spirit love, uh, that we would be able to show that to all that you bring across our paths, Lord, Lord as we continue to speak out uh, for life and um, just the joy of this Christmas season also, Lord. So we thank you and praise you, and it's in your powerful name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our sponsor for this episode is irapture.com. That's I-R-A-P as in Paul, T as in Tom, U-R-E.com. Irapture.com provides intelligent, mission-minded marketing for pregnancy clinics. Irapture.com helps pregnancy clinics reach clients at risk of choosing abortion through content marketing. For help reaching your audience, contact irapture.com. Supporting our sponsors like irapture.com supports the Pro-Life Team podcast. Thank you. Lead me in righteous pathways for your name's sake alone. 